Hey there, green future growers. Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite Android app. And let's get growing. Hey, everybody. This is me live. It is Saturday, November 14th. 2020 and I am super excited to be on the mic to tell you uh I want to talk to you about what I have been cooking from our garden harvest in 2020 so I made um you know I always refer to myself as the organic eater but I don't think I talk about the cooking that I do that much um in this fall I made plum salsa regular tomato salsa tomato sauce a delicious squash soup just the other day and some fantastic apple pie filling and so i can't believe i didn't take a picture of the plum salsa because it was so pretty how all these different colors and our plum tree with its pretty purple plums um and that i made and i got the recipe from the delish site d-e-l-i-s-h and it was actually the post was 12 best plum recipes and I was actually looking for a recipe for like really ripe plums because my plums had sat on my kitchen table for like two weeks after I harvested them before I even started looking um and I probably got like two gallon buckets full of plums um and so I probably put like 20 it says use four plums but our plums are pretty tiny and it's I probably use like 20 in each batch and I made two batches which is a good thing because um, I definitely learned some things in the first batch that were mistakes. Um, I didn't have, so it calls for fresh ginger. Um, I didn't have any fresh ginger, but I did have some crystallized ginger that I've been adding like little bits of to my granola. And when that fresh, when that crystallized ginger marinated in the salsa, it became soft and came apart in little small bites and just added this like really hint of sweetness to the salsa which it is a sweet salsa it has honey in it it's not like a um super spicy salsa it was kind of spicy because the fun part was like i had just made the tomato salsa which i think i did talk to you guys about before i could put that recipe in here again too um i found a really good salsa recipe for the first time this year for like regular tomato salsa um but when I was making this, it's called soy ginger plum salsa from the delish site. Um, I did have some jalapenos left over. So that was kind of fun because normally I would just say, forget the jalapenos and not worry about it. But I did, I had one lime for the first batch I made, but I didn't have a lime for the second batch. Um, uh, but I did have lemon. I almost always have lemons in our house. Um, and I'm like the kind of person, like, are you like this? Like if I see limes on sale for like four for a dollar and then I go back to the store the next day and there's a lime for like 79 cents, like I just can't bring myself to buy that 79 cent or 99 cent lime, which is dumb because you only make plums also like once a year with fresh plums from the garden. But anyway, lime or no lime, lime or lemon, it worked out good. I think I even added, um some apple cider vinegar that I had in the fridge to it. I forgot about that part. Um, and then the first time I made it, I didn't have cilantro, but I did go get some the next day and added some because that's kind of key. The big mistake I made the first day was I put Bragg's aminos for the soy sauce 
And that was like a huge mistake. I mean, it was still good, but it just really you could take those Bragg's amino. Like I wouldn't do that again. And I didn't have any sesame oil, which I think would have made it good. Um, but yeah, so delicious soy ginger plum salsa. So good. Going to become a standard with my plums in the fall from the future. Uh, the next thing that I just made the other day, my dear friend, Lisa Stewart, who you can listen to, I want to say it's episode 33. She was one of the first people I ever met when I came to Eureka, but also one of the first people that I interviewed. And then she did an interview with me, which I think was number 55, where we turned the mic because Lisa and I were in Toastmasters together. So we, we belong to Toastmasters is like the international speaking group. And as a matter of fact... I would not have gone to Toastmasters in Paris. I don't think if it wasn't for Lisa, like I posted on Facebook right before the meeting, I was totally chickening out. Cause like when I was in Paris, I was scared to go out at night and this meeting was like at eight o'clock in this restaurant. And, um, it was the best deal. And the dinner was only $35 in this fancy restaurant in Paris. Like they got some deal, I guess, because the Toastmasters club. So it was only $35 a person. And then the coolest thing about it was like people in Paris go to Toastmasters because they want to learn how to speak English. So it was a totally English speaking club. It was the best. Anyway, the amazing Lisa Stewart grew a whole bunch of squash this year. And if you look at the show notes, you can see the pictures of the squash that, so the first thing I did was I um, roasted the squash on the wood stove in my little roasting pan. Um, and this recipe today I made yams and I will probably make the same recipe again with yams that I did with the squash. I'm pretty sure I've made this similar soup before. Um, and and then I saved the seeds from Lisa's squash because that is exactly what I want to grow next year. And the squash soup I got from this place called in Jenny's kitchen. So all the links are in the show notes. Um, but of course I always do things a little bit differently. So since I had already roasted the squash in my pan, which is, I think she talks about boiling it. Um, I started out by just sauteing a tiny clove of garlic, um, and then just added everything in with the garlic. So the squash, um, I didn't have fresh ginger, so I just used powdered ginger. I used a bay leaf, turmeric, um, I used curry. I think I have coriander and cumin, but I couldn't find them. It calls for lime and red pepper flakes that I didn't have. Um, and then I just mixed in the squash, the coconut, um, milk, uh, a can of garbanzo beans, um, and just like kind of let it simmer. Oh my gosh, it was so good and creamy. And then I like to add a fresh dollop of like um, some kind of yogurt, either plain or vanilla, or I even had some like honey vanilla that gave it a really sweet, creamy flavor. And then um, a little sprinkle of cilantro chopped up and diced on top of that. That was so good. And I thought about making it like um, they finally had raviolis on sale at the store that I like to go to. And I was thinking about putting the raviolis in there um, because a lot of times when I make raviolis, I'll make them with like a sage, um, squashy, uh, sauce. Um, and I, my sage out in the garden, even through the snow is still like, it's not growing, but it's not like dead, like everything else. Like I think I could go down there right now in the snow and grab a sage leaf and it would probably, um, be good to go. So anyway, the squash soup was so good. And then one time when I reheated it, I just added some milk to make it more like a soup instead of a stew. So, um, that worked out great. 
Oh, I forgot to write about the homemade French fries. So I made this post and posted it on the blog, but have not, um, I forgot about the homemade French fries. So one day, usually I like to make those potato fans, which are a little bit easier because you just take like a potato and put slices and drizzle olive oil and boom in the oven on a pie plate or a, a cookie sheet and, and for 45 minutes and you have like, they're almost like French fries, but I did make like real French fries. I just, um, took the fries put them in a, in a, like, um, a bowl with some olive oil and sprinkled salt, tossed that together, threw them on a greased, um, oven baked pan. I don't know. I found some recipe online, just follow the directions, but it was pretty easy. There was one thing that like said, you should like put the potatoes after you'd slice them, dice them and peel them and everything, put them in water and let them sit for like a half hour. And that supposedly removes the starch. So maybe that makes them lower in carbohydrates. I didn't try that because I was in a hurry. Um, and I made two different batches because I wanted, I like the skins on mine and Mike likes his peeled. So I made one batch that was peeled. Um, and they did come out a little bit crispier. I don't think they had as much olive oil on them either, the peeled ones. And then the last thing I made from our harvest this week was I made some apple pie. I made two apple pies and a batch of filling plus an apple crisp. All from the same recipe that I got from this place. She's the Chunky Chef. Um, so basically I took a five gallon bucket full of apples and peeled them all. So there were a couple of tips that I thought I would share. Um, usually I make my own crust, especially for pumpkin pie, using my favorite quiche crust recipe from the Enchanted Broccoli Forest by Molly Ketson at the Moosewood Restaurant. I asked her to come on my show. I wonder if she would now, but she, I never got an answer back. So who knows? You know, she's probably pretty busy. Um, but I took two frozen pie crusts, like, and one to use as the bottom and one to use at the top. And I was amazed at how good that worked. And also the best part about it was like, it got me to the thought that making an apple pie didn't seem so much. So instead of like those apples sitting on my floor any longer in the kitchen, in the bucket, cause we still have another five gallon bucket full. And I've made this recipe like two or three times already this fall. Like I think I made it in September and October once and then in November, but this was the biggest batch. And so, um, these are a couple of tips I wanted to share that I made up on my own. One was I squeezed the lemon for the, um, to put the apples in so they wouldn't turn brown first. Now I only had one half of a lemon. I would have been better off cause I had so many apples if I would have had, um, all the, uh, I just lost my post. If I would have had, um, like a lemon and a half for all these apples to keep them from turning brown. So that was one tip I learned though, instead of like putting a bunch of apples in the, and then squeezing it as I went along, I just made like a big, like half a cup full of like lemon juice or use my half a lemon. And, th and I think that made it a lot easier. And then I would just constantly like stir the apples as I added them to the lemon juice. I don't know. It's just a little trick. I thought it really helped me. And then the other one, I don't know. I just came up with this. The, I was making some recipe last week. I think it was like a uh, huckleberry coffee cake or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was like something where you're supposed to have the butter out and soft when you mixed it in. Or maybe it was like, I want to say, was it the frosting? I think it was frosting. Mike baked me a chocolate cake for, I can't remember what it was, some celebration. And um, I think that's what it was. So you had to have really soft butter and I hadn't done 
hadn't softened the butter. I was like, you know what? I wonder what will happen if I take the cheese grater and grate it. And it works so good. But here's the trick. It has to be really cold butter. And like, it's amazing how fast it softens. <laughs> and so you grate it in, but you got to kind of like keep mixing it so it doesn't all stick together. But that is so much better than like chopping it into pieces or like making it into like, you know how it says to... What is it where you like cut it with the two forks or whatever? Like I think the grating the butter is like the coolest thing. So I ended up with two pies and then I like greased a cast iron skillet full and put that right in the oven with the two pies. And then I also had enough to do a third batch on the stove that I did add like, I don't know, a cup or two, I think like two cups of water to, to make like a pie filling that I took that and froze in a container and put it in the freezer. So I have one pie in the freezer for Thanksgiving. I have a thing of pie filling in the freezer. So pretty cool to have all of these projects done this spring. So that's what I did with some of our harvest from the garden. Um, and then I wanted to tell you, um, let's see. Oh, so then I was kind of writing in my blog post how like, it'll make it easier this winter to not have a mess. Cause my mom and I are always arguing about like why people don't cook anymore. Cause she just loves to cook and she cooks like she always cooked all through high school, always cooking, cooking. She just loves to cook. And I'm always like, mom, I don't think it's that people don't love to cook. I think what they don't love is the mess at the end. And that could just be me. I don't know. Maybe other people just don't like to cook at all, but she always seemed to me and make teaching and cooking look a lot easier when I was a kid. But we did always call her the Energizer Bunny. Anyway, that's a wrap. And so I think a lot of you were probably wondering, how did Eileen, Eileen, yes, Eileen Catrone get the Golden Listener Award so early in the year? Because it's only November. We still have six weeks of 2020 left. But it's because I am actually taking a break from the podcast Hamster Wheel. I feel like I will be better able to serve you if I take a little time to focus on parts of the show separately. So I've always been kind of good about batching, but this time I'm going to batch doing interviews, um, working on, I'm still working on the Rockstar Millennial Proposal and that book. Um, and then I've been doing some other art projects, I have to say, on the side. But um, so November and December and in October, I did not record one episode, which is the first month I have taken off from recording since I started back in 2015. And that was just, um, nice to be able to focus on some other projects, but I'm back to recording. So if you want to be a guest, I think backyard gardeners make some of the best guests and I would love to have you be my guest. And this is a great time to record because, um, you know, most of you know, if you're in Australia, like John Moore or in Tanzania or like on the other side of the country, maybe you are working on the other side of the world. You are gardening a lot more right now, but I think a lot of people in the United States probably have been putting their gardens to bed. It's a great time to talk. And I would love to share your story for season three. So season one was like four years long and consists of episodes one through 300. <laughs> <laughs> and then season two starts out last January, 2020, um, with episode 301. And then season three is coming at you 
um, in January of 2021. And so I'm recording episodes for season three right now. And so I would love to share your story if you have a garden journey. And um, there's still a couple of states that I'm missing, although not meant to be on the other computer. There's still a couple of states that I'm missing. There's still a couple of years I need Rockstar Millennials for. Like if you were born in 19, I think it's 1994 and 1995, that would be amazing. If um, you wanted to do an interview with me. And what else can I tell you? Um, so that's how come Aileen, Eileen, who... Yeah, 1994, 1995, I still need to guess one. So that's how Eileen got the Listener of the Year Award because you have heard the last interview for 2020. And I will be back in 2021 to bring you lots of golden seeds. Um, can you believe Nikki DeBoer actually booked an episode with me at the beginning of January and said she has listened to my show and enjoyed our conversations? Oh my gosh, my heart almost melted yesterday. When I got that email, if you don't know who Nikki DeBoer is, she's one of my favorite um, authors of of uh, gardening books. She wrote The Year-Round Vegetable Gardener and several others, and you're just going to love her. She is in, like, northern Nova Scotia, I think, northern Can Nova Scotia, and just grows... And just grows incredible food all year round. So if she can do it, you can too. So anyway, I've been rambling for way too long. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to my show. I know there are so many options out there for where you can put your earbuds. Um, and if you know of any guests, if you have any topics, even if you don't want to be a um, a guest on this show, if you have a topic that you want to learn about or you want have somebody you'd like me to reach out to, um, I'm always open to suggestions. You know, I like to give you what you like. If you, if there's some way that I can serve you better, um, just thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful holiday. Please stay safe out there and, um, I'll see you on the flip side. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.